Good evening, everybody, and a very warm welcome to another Lyceum Night coming to you from our church down in Poole, Dorset, in the UK. A great privilege to introduce tonight's guest. It's a gentleman uh, that I've, I've just kept knocking. <laughs> Please come on, my show. Please come on. Please come on. And... Just to get some peace, he's finally agreed to join us. So, Carl Jackson Barnes. Carl, good evening to you and welcome. Hi, Lawrence. Thank you. Yeah, absolute pleasure. The topic of tonight's conversation is physical mediumship. Mm. Uh, Carl is the curator of the online psychic book club. And uh, more importantly, and do you know what? My mind has gone blank. The Leslie Flint Trust. That was it. <laughs> could, you, could you see the mist? Yeah. I thought, shall I wait until it comes to him or see how long it takes? <laughs> Apologies, Carl. Apologies. It's that, you know, I'm at that age now. Every new thing I learn, something I had already learned gets pushed out of the way. So apologies <laughs> for that. Carl, great pleasure to see you. Welcome everybody who's joining us, wherever you are. Thank you for joining us. Please remember, uh, these nights are very interactive. They are designed and, you know, all our guests display their passions, which is beautiful, and sharing that passion with you. So if you have any questions, please just type them in. Uh, and remember, well, I always say, no question is daft if you don't know the answer. And nobody comes onto these sort of events and talks about things without having a history of asking questions. So, you know, just join in. But, Carl, sir, I'm going to hand over to you because you have uh, an opening um, part that you have prepared, which is well, in me um... shame. <laughs> so I've made a few a few notes. I thought, well, it's it makes life easier, uh, certainly for me. Um, and it, just a bit of an introduction, because I don't know who's listening, and I don't know whether they know about the subject of physical mediumship, or they know nothing about it. Um, and it's just a basic outline, and maybe we can go into questions and what have you after. It's only a, a, a minute or two. Absolutely. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm ready to start on on that, if that's all right with you. If you would, um, Carl, that'd be great. Yeah. Thank you. Um, basically, what is a physical medium? Um, well, we know that a person in the spirit world can use a medium in different ways. Um, most mediums help a spirit person to pass on a message to someone on earth using a mental process like clairvoyance or clairaudience, um, and that's mental mediumship. Uh, sometimes a medium um, can go into a trance-like state uh, to allow a spirit person to speak through them, uh, this is another mental process called transmediumship. Um, but a physical medium is different. <clears throat> Under the right circumstances, with the right training, a physical medium can allow a spirit person to use them in other ways. <clears throat> One physical medium might be trained to allow a spirit person's face to be seen so that they can be recognised and observed by anyone in the room. And this is called transfiguration mediumship. Um, and the medium's face actually changes to resemble the spirit person. Um, another physical medium might be trained to allow a spirit person to be heard through a spiritual voice box, which can build up in the room 
for spirit people to speak through. Um, and this is called direct voice mediumship. Um, and the medium doesn't speak at all. It's the spirit who does the speaking. Another physical medium might be trained to allow a spirit person to be seen and touched by people in the room. And this is called materialization mediumship. And a spirit person might materialize completely or just enough to show their hands or perhaps only their head and shoulders. Um, also, sometimes a spirit person might want to produce a gift or a significant memento for a person on earth. Uh, these are called apples and a physical medium might be able to allow these items to appear in the room. Um, but generally speaking, for a spirit person to interact in any way with the physical world, they need to find a physical medium. There we are. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. And it's as easy as that, folks. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the thing. Um, uh, sorry, you, you go. Yeah, uh, love that presentation. Thank you very much. Um, we'll go back to one, the first one, with the transfiguration. Mm. Now, we have transfiguration, and we also have what's called overshadowing mm. as well, do we not? Yes. So could you give uh, us a rough idea of what is the difference of mm. those two forms of mediumship, please? Well, the first thing I will say is that I'm not an expert. I'm okay. really not. Um, I've had my own personal experiences of different kinds of mediumship, physical mediumship, transfiguration in this case. Um, and I can only give my own point of view and what I've learned. Um, somebody might correct me and say, well, no, you're wrong. It's this. But from my point of view, I'll say that. As far as yep. I understand it, um, overshadowing is um, when a spirit person will influence another um, so that they are, are seen to look different. Um, a clairvoyant person might say, well, you just look like somebody else just then. You know, um, that might be the spirit person um, overshadowing, um, giving an impression of their features, but they're not actually changing. It's not in a physical mediumship kind of way. It's not physically making a change um in transfiguration as i understand it um you have the trained medium who allows the spirit world to build a mask over the face um from a substance called ectoplasm which once it's there once it's uh, formed everybody in the room can see it you don't have to be clairvoyant you don't have to have special goggles you don't have to have any kind of night vision or any kind of thing if you've got a transfiguration medium um, working to an audience or in a private sitting even um, the, the physical changes to the face and sometimes parts of the parts of the body the hands or what have you uh, can be seen by everyone and can be photographed overshadowing I would say is more of a clairvoyant thing you you sense it you see it you feel it that's how I see it anyway I love that explanation and it fits very well uh, I have seen overshadowing where myself, you know, and I'm not bigging myself up here, it was myself and another medium in the church had seen what was occurring. Yes. Nobody else had did. Oh. I found really interesting. Oh, yes. So we were seeing clairvoyantly a very distinct, uh, in fact, there were three faces on this medium. Yes. 
and saw it very distinctly, very clearly. Mm -hmm. And I looked at this lady uh, who was sat in the congregation, and she nodded with her eyes wide open. And I thought, oh, thank God, it's not me. <laughs> but afterwards, I found it interesting that other people hadn't seen it in the uh, dem. However, and I like, you know what, you just said something there, and I thought, that makes a lot of sense. Right. You can photograph it. Oh, yes. On the actual uh, transfiguration. Transfiguration, yes, yes. Yeah, you can photograph it. Obviously, what we saw mm. was for us uh, or with yeah. our abilities, but it wasn't that everybody seeing it. Mm -hmm. I have sat in physical dems yeah. where everybody is seeing exactly the same thing, mm -hmm. very clearly. <clears throat> it was, um, I mean, what you were describing um, was real. I mean, you and the other person saw the same thing. So something was occurring. But as you, were, as you say, it, it wasn't in a physical sense. It was more of a, you know, a mental sort of picture. That you were both picking up perhaps on the same vibration that kind of thing um but there was an example of transfiguration that i just find bizarre um i was sitting there were two of us sitting with the transfiguration medium a lady called jean skinner uh, who passed away just a little while ago um and we both saw her face change but we both had different experiences in the car going back home later we both said oh well from from there down, it looked like such and such a person. And then the other person said, well, from there up, it looked like somebody else. So during that walk, <laughs> I mean, her face in the past and, and with other transfiguration mediums, um, I've seen the physical features change and you can move around and you can look at different angles and the features are different. Mm. Now, it's not like a projection on the front. You can see yeah. the edge to it. Um, you can have... Um, all kinds of features show up. The nose can be bigger, the, the moustache, you can have a full beard, you can have hats and different hair and all the rest of it. Um, but on that, on that occasion, me and this other chap was sat with, with Gene Skinner. Um, we both saw different faces at the same time, but didn't talk about it till after. So I thought I'd seen one person, he thought he'd seen somebody else, but at the same moment, we'd both seen two different faces. It was quite interesting. Mm. It's intelligence of spirit, isn't it? Well, it, I suppose it's like an abbreviation. They had one opportunity to come through, so two faces were, were made to be seen at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh, where I was privileged to see full transfiguration, mm -hmm. uh, it was a lady medium demonstrating, and the woman next to me nudged me and she went, why has she put a moustache on? <laughs> and I went, she hasn't. Just, just, <laughs> just go with it, love. Just go yeah. with it. Yeah. But she's got a moustache. I said, shh, shh, shh. Oh, God. <laughs> we seriously need to vet the attendees to these. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that was uh, amazing. Lovely comment here from the lovely Jen Stevenson, who keeps flooding me with all sorts of strange and humorous posts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she's just saying, I've sat in circle with Jean Skinner as well. Mm -hmm. So Jen is up okay. in concert. Oh, yes. 
concept, which has uh, got its first smatterings of snow. So enjoy oh. that. <laughs> but on that transfiguration theme, just for this time, um, yeah. you know, we're probably going to get hung, drawn, and quarters here. There is sometimes such uh, a desire to see things that may be because I'm referring to when we have the red lights under yes. the medium's face. Sometimes, you know, I'm, I, I keep one foot on the floor and maybe I'm just getting too old for this stuff. <laughs> but I've seen Dems like that and people are saying, oh, my God, I'm seeing these amazing things. And I'm thinking nothing's happening. All I'm seeing is, you know, the face is changing because oh, yes. the source of light is now here. Mm. So, I mean, on me, my nose would be even bigger than it is. <laughs> like Concord coming into that. But that is the only change that I could see. So um it's it's quite difficult because if you're if you're sitting in low light, whether it be I mean, it doesn't have to be in a seance situation, you don't have to sit in red light, you can sit with a candle. Mm. Um or firelight or whatever it happens to be um and if you're with a, a transfiguration medium uh, you'll see changes but if the light um is always in the same place if the light source for example you're going to see the same shadows all the time but in true transfiguration those shadows can either be taken into account and used by spirit or they can be just be obliterated and they just disappear anyway mm. um there was an occasion where i was sitting with a trainee medium who was sitting for transfiguration and we've got red light low red light um and i'm sitting there and i'm squinting and i'm thinking can i see something is something happening and there was nothing happening i just thought is it isn't it and and all of a sudden his face just disappeared and there was just out of focus blur nothing now everything else was in sharp focus but the face had gone the hair was the same but it was almost like somebody put something over his face and he, he you couldn't see eyes, nose, mouth, or anything. And within five seconds, another face was pushed through it. And it was a face I recognized. And it really gave me the shock because it wasn't somebody I was expecting to see. It was an old friend who died in his 80s. And he pushed his face forward. I saw it. I recognized him. And he went back again. And then the blurred face of this uh, medium, training medium, just resolved back to normal again. And it wow. all, happened, all happened within just half a minute probably less mm. wow that is awesome that is awesome this, um, this is what it's about. When, it's, when it's awesome you never forget it exactly uh, and something uh slightly off topic here but people ask me i had a dream the other day and i don't know if it was spirit or not and i said if you can remember every detail of it yeah you know what you were in touch with spirit yeah if, like my dream, you know, wake up in the morning and just think, oh, God, what was that all about? Uh, <laughs> this is the biological mind uh, kicking in. But, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Because I going back to um, this transfiguration demonstration. Yeah. As I'm talking about it, I can see it. I can see the medium sat there. I can see two attendants either side. I can see where the lighting was. I can see three, four, five rows in front. It's just there. You, you never forget it. You it's never stuff. forget it. Lovely Jen talking about Jean. And Jean yeah. would transfigure in daylight and didn't use the red light in circle. We would just sit in her living room, 
She was a lovely lady with a great respect for spirit, and I feel privileged to have sat with her. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. And Completely agree. Jen, you know, you're touching on uh, an energy that we have talked about the last couple of weeks, and it is, do you know what? It's just in the ether, and I can't ignore it. This reference here to the home circles. Yeah. You know, we had the most amazing events within home circles in daylight or yeah. i love your reference there by firelight I mean, that's awesome i'm trying yeah. i'm trying desperately to work out how i can have a fire in the church without actually burning the place down now <laughs> <laughs> it's no good if you've just got radiators and this sort of thing you know oil fire radiators. you've got no chance uh, but there are there are i've seen um people have got their tv on the wall or whatever it is and they'll show you know, firelight, logs of glow, yeah. and all the rest of it. Yeah. That would work, I, I think. I don't know, maybe. But basically, low light. I mean, red light is 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 used a lot uh, by physical mediums, but it's not essential. Um, yeah. Low light is enough. And and I've sat with Gene Skinner, like the lady's saying there, um, with just the curtains closed. It's daytime, and there's just light filtering through, um, and the fire's glowing. And you can see anything and everything in the room. Everything's in colour. Everything's just normal. It's just a little bit. It's not so bright. And her face yeah. changed. Um, there was a teaching situation where Jean was talking to a class of maybe 10. I think there was 10 or 11 of us. And as she was describing how she goes into trance to achieve the transfiguration, her face started to change in front of all of us. But she was only discussing it. She wasn't actually... I don't think she was planning on going into any kind of trance or transfiguring or any of that, but it happened and her guide came through and he spoke and he was Chinese. Her eyes changed shape. The face got longer. It was a Chinaman. There's no two ways about it. Jean's face wasn't there anymore. And he spoke for a few minutes and then Jean came back and she said, Oh, something just happened. And we were like, "Uh, yes. And this was daylight. Yeah. Yeah. We have a bit of a proclivity, don't we, uh, about any form of physical mediumship. Uh, there seems to be an awful lot of emphasis on what the sitter wants from it. Uh, yeah. There may be an overemphasis from what the medium has dictated or uh, advertised that they're going to demonstrate. And I often think, yeah, you're leaving out the key component here. Mm-hmm. You know, Spirit obviously saw that opportunity, well, to me, in my humble opinion. Mm. That what you've just described. You've got 10 people gathered there in that energy of learning, in that energy of education, and spirit had just gone, oh, come on, boys, get in there, you know? Because these people want to learn. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, we need <clears throat> we have to sort of shift our thinking to incorporate, well, this is my opinion again, we have to shift our thinking to incorporate what does spirit want out of these events? You know, if I put on 50 tickets, come and see me levitate tonight, what's the point? You well, know, it'd, be, it'd be fun. You know, it'd be interesting. We'll get you on the front page of the newspaper, if that's what you want. No, not again. Yeah. <laughs> At least it would be for something good this time. <laughs> well, I know what you mean. Um, Again, it, it's all about the opportunity for spirit to, to show themselves for a reason or to, to, do, to create a situation, to do something for a purpose, either to affect um, 
the right person at the right time or the right number of people at the right time um, or to take a chance you know the the vibration was right at that particular moment um, and so they took the opportunity and it, and it worked out and I, I would say that the other nine or ten people in the room at that point will also never forget it I won't yeah no? yeah uh, well, there, there are other transfiguration mediums. There's, uh, there was Doug, Doug Osborne. Um, and uh, who else can I say? Oh, um, Gordon Garforth is another medium. He's in York. And he, I've, a lot of people have sat and seen him um, in a seance situation and transfiguration. And it's just, you can't doubt it hmm. because your eyes are telling you what's going on and everybody sees the same thing. Yeah, very true. Uh, follow up here from Jen, and she's just asking, I don't know whether you notice scents during her transfiguration, uh, because they did, and her guide was called Chai Wan. I thought it was, was it Chan Wan or Chai Wan? I'm not so sure of the name. I thought it was Chan Wan personally, but scents, okay. I'm not, I can't say that I have. Other people um, that have sat when I was with her may have noticed that, but I certainly didn't. Fair enough. Mm. Comment here from the lovely Mark Stone. Good evening, sir. Uh, and he's saying he was privileged to see Diane Elliott from Leeds, who was a student of Queenie Nixon. Okay. Not only the ectoplasmic mask, but also hair appeared and bodily transformation. Yep. And it was phenomenal, literally. And this is it, isn't it? It's, it's, oh my God. Yeah. It blows you away. Yeah. It does. Um, how how you can get used to this sort of thing, I don't know, because it's even if you sit on a regular basis with a transfiguration medium um, or any kind of medium, um, you can still be surprised. It's, it doesn't become routine because it's you know it's such a phenomenal thing. Um, but Queenie Nixon, a friend of mine, sat with her in the mid to late seventies, and um, you know again it stayed with her. She's never forgotten the detail of it. Um, you know, forty, fifty years later. Yeah. Yeah, and again, I'm assuming. Tell me if I'm wrong, Mark, or not. These were in like home circle environments as well, or not, not out in the mainstream. You know, not all over social media. Tomorrow night, I'm going to do all this. You know, mm. even <clears throat> being in a church or a centre. I mean, it used to be very much the norm. You wouldn't advertise these things. You would invite. Yes. People. Yes. Uh, you would put out an invitation uh, to people to attend these. It wasn't, you know, a big banner headline at all. Yeah. Uh, and you would invite people who you were drawn to that would, as part of their development as well, you know, because yeah. we're very keen on educating people the different aspects of spiritualism. And Anybody, no matter how well versed you are with uh, spiritual, you could be the greatest tutor in the world. Mm -hmm. A really good physical dem will benefit everybody because it's just that surety again and go, wow, well, do you know what? If the spirit world can do this, mm -hmm. what can I do? Exactly. I mean, there'll, there'll always be doubters. You can have the, the most amazing um, demonstration of physical mediumship, whatever kind of... Um, phenomena it might be a materialization or whatever and there will always be people who say well you know it was a trick or it was this or it was mm. that um but if you know about the subject and if you've experienced it enough you know um that there are no tricks 
Yeah. When it's when it's when it's there, and it, it's it's undoubtable. You know, you can't you can't quite you you don't need to question it because it's it's self evident, really. And and this is it when you're in that energy. You just know that you, yeah. without <clears throat> your visual evidence or yeah. any auditory and evidence, yeah. just being in that energy, you know something awesome is happening. Something <laughs> that defies logical explanation. Yeah. And likewise, you can sit in some and just maybe not feel that. Yes, we're too far down that route, but um, yeah, you, 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 we're sitting here talking about visual um, phenomena. Um, but if you're in a situation where I don't know, you might be visually impaired, so a transfiguration medium is useless to you. You, you, mm -hmm. you know, unless you've got the opportunity to actually go up and touch the face, the, the materialized face, which I've not heard whether that's happened before. It may be somebody might know about that. Um, but in another kind of physical mediumship, which is something I talked about um, or introduced um, a few minutes ago, was um, direct voice mediumship. Yes. Yes. Which, um, if if I can just bring that up for a few minutes, yeah. all right. Um, there are all kinds of um, stories about direct voice mediums and mediumship and what's gone on in their sessions or seances or, or demonstrations in the past. Um, and there have been some amazing proponents if that's the right word of direct voice mediumship in the past and there are some today um also but the thing about direct voice is you you don't need to see what's going on you just need to hear it mm -hmm. you need to listen um and the spirit voice when it comes through the um, artificial voice box that spirit creates in the room which can be tiny it doesn't have to be a you know a huge mechanism for the voice to come through like a, like a like a speaker or whatever it could be a tiny wee thing um in a lot of physical mediumship demonstrations you'll hear people talk about the the seance trumpet well seance trumpets are quite seem to be quite popular i don't know quite why at the moment because people are buying them um by the hundred and yeah. people are making them manufacturing them they're making their own they're decorating them with fancy paper and all kind of colors um, but the, the point of, I've actually got one here, if I can just show you. Yeah. It's, this one, um, I think Scott Milligan made this actually, another medium. But it's literally, it's a cardboard tube. It's nothing more than a cylinder. It's got no mechanism about it whatsoever. But it's a tool that uh, spirit can use. And traditionally, um, the artificial voice box um, can be created by the spirit world. And generally speaking, it would sit just inside the narrow end, and this would just act like an amplifier. So yeah. it's literally to, to increase the volume. There's nothing more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Did you hear that? Oh, very clear. <laughs> I'm a spirit. Um, but, um, yeah, so um, spirit will create um, an artificial voice box for themselves. Yeah. Uh, so that they can be heard at their end they, they're doing something you know fantastic at our end we just hear the voice it could be a very low whisper and if, if the guide or the, the the communicator is very well practiced it can be loud and booming and people outside on the street can hear it 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, there's no visual um, involved. You just need to be able to hear what's going on, and you can tape record it or MP3 record it, digitally record it, whatever, um, and listen to it again later. Um, and sorry. Oh, that's all right. I, that's exactly what I was going to touch on there. Um, if you go anybody online, whether tonight or later on, if you look up the Leslie Flint Foundation and go on there, you can hear these conversations from spirit. Yeah. But the thing to remember is that this was not given orally by the medium, the medium. Yeah. In fact, in some of the tests that uh, Leslie undertook, there was cases where the mouth would be taped shut. Or um, was it somebody was saying today, funnily enough, in a conversation out of the blue, did he have a tennis ball or something in his mouth at one stage? I've never heard that one before. Okay. Um, this is... He was, uh, on a few occasions, he was asked to, um, I mean, this is a physical medium we're talking about called Leslie Flint that some people may not have heard of. Um, he was born in 1911. He died um, in 1994. Uh, he was about 83-ish when he died. And he was a physical medium, a direct voice, uh, sorry, um, an independent direct voice medium for 60 years. Mm. So from his late 20s up until his 80s. Um, and I've forgotten the question. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? It, it wasn't a question, it was more of a, you know, just getting over the emphasising this point that it, um, the medium, it did not come from the medium's mouth. Exactly. Um, in Flint's case... Tight-lipped, and this voice would be there. Yeah. Um, um, in Leslie Flint's case, he had been tested. Um, on occasions, he would have um, coloured water in his mouth, then tape, and then a, you know, a bandana or something like that. And then the voice was, would come, People would record the audio, um, and he he would then, you know, put the liquid back into the glass or whatever it was, and it'd be the same amount. So there's no way that the voice would be coming from his throat yeah. or from his mouth. Um, but in general uh, demonstrations, um, there could be anything between one and 25 different spirit voices come through to talk to the people present. And Flinty, uh, as I call him, because he's... He <laughs> I'm quite familiar with him just now because, um, you know, working with the um, Leslie Flint Trust, um, putting all the, um, a lot of the recordings together for people to hear. Yeah. Um, I feel I can, I can call him Flinty and get away with it. Um, but he would, he would just chat along or he would sit quietly and not pay attention if it was a private conversation between spirit and the person in the room, the sitter. Um, but he would chat along with, with, with spirit if he was addressed, if he was, um, if somebody spoke to him. If his guide said, Oi, what are you doing? You know, what's going on? Stop coughing, whatever. And he'd say, I'm all right. I'm not, I'm fine. I haven't got a cold or anything. Leave me alone. So they would interact. So, in a yeah. nutshell, um, you can have spirit voices taking it back a step, spirit voices um, in the room um, uh, through an artificial um, spirit created voice box, which generally speaking would come through something like a trumpet, which I showed you a second ago which would work as an amplifier. Now, in Leslie Flint's case, um, the, he didn't use a trumpet. There was no uh, paraphernalia. There were no gadgets. Um, he wasn't in a trance. He would be awake. He might be a bit dozy sometimes. He might be switch off. He might not be interested. But generally speaking, he would be wide awake. 
um, and the voices would come and they'd be loud and clear a lot of the time, not all the time. Um, but the voice box created from elements of his own um, body, let's say, um, would come from his throat, from his throat, and the voice box would sometimes sit on his shoulder or it would move around so the voice would go over to, the voice box itself would go over to the person in the room that the spirit would want to, you know, speak to directly, especially wow. if they were whispering and it was private or something like that. Um, but this is rare. This is so rare. You know? Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of comments followed by a question. I do want to bring the question in. So a couple of comments. Lovely Phil Shaw. Uh, just saying he was privileged to have sat with Gordon Higginson for direct voice, in which several re recipients heard personal messages from their loved ones via the trumpet. Mm -hmm. Similar to what you were saying, once seen, heard, never forgotten. Right. And he goes on to say he heard Leslie Flint give a talk at the College of Psychic Studies. Yep. Dun, dun. How about direct voice? I can't even talk at the moment. <laughs> uh, an absolutely fascinating man. Now, there is a question here which really needs to be asked because okay. I know we, we haven't got onto the materialization bit yet, but this is okay. a fundamental, I think. Lovely Arisha down in snowy Devon. How much level of commitment do you think is required for this type of mediumship? I sat with the same people for four years with good results. Now, I, I think focus on that first sentence because you just said something interesting about there's hundreds of trumpets being bought. <laughs> you know, and sadly, where the level... Oh, God, I'm really going to get shot now. Where the level of education and dedication as being omitted from spiritualism as a whole. Not everywhere, but quite a lot of places. Yeah. You know, you cannot expect, oh, I'm going to buy a trumpet. Next week, it's going to be flying across the room, mm. you know, and then I'm going to want something else. I'm, I'm going to want my next fix. Yeah. And it isn't that, is it? So lovely. Yeah. Well timed, Arisha. Thank you, Dylan. Well, fantastic question. I mean, the, the level of commitment has got to be total. Um, yeah. You, I mean, some mediums, I mean, I'll mention this later on. There's something else I'd like to read out after, but this this is an important point. And, and some mediums will sit for um, years before anything even happens, hmm. you know. Um, and they'll sit for development, I should say, before anything even happens. And But it's, you've got to get a balance. If you're a physical medium, if you're a medium, you know, platform medium, demonstration of, of, of spirit messages, spirit communication, um, You've got to have that life, you know. You've got to have day-to-day -day life. Um, everything in the world, you know, we've got to deal with it. Um, but also, if if you've got a medium that wants to work for spirit and allow spirit to to do what they need to do, so it's not always what the medium wants to do. Mm -hmm. um, if spirit think that you've got the capacity to become a transfiguration medium or a materialization medium or something like that. Um, you have to just let yourself go and be in their company for as long as you possibly can, um, for as many years as it takes. You know, yeah. you, Leslie Flint, we mentioned earlier, 
he sat for seven years before any any, any spirit voices were even heard. Yeah. Um, you know, as a young as a youngster. Um, and other mediums of today will tell you the same thing. It takes time and dedication, and time is the one thing that people, a lot of people, don't seem to have these days. Um, but if you're passionate about something, no matter what it is, anything, you know, it could be kayaking, you know, mm -hmm. you put your effort into it uh, to be either the best or to be great or really good at what you what what you want to do, yeah. or at least at least, at least to. Um, be able to show um, that this stuff is a reality. Because how many people think it's just a load of rubbish? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you were, thank you, Arisha, that, that was just yeah, perfect, that question. If, if you sort of like start dissecting that, number one, that ability has got to be with you. Now, mm. I, I work on, when I'm working on my psychic senses, uh, I can pick up in certain energy fields the ability to do something, but just because you've got the ability doesn't mean you're going to be. No. But that ability has got to be there to begin with. That's right. Um, I've had people approach me asking about different practices and just looking at them and gone, you know, I, I just can't see it in you. Yeah. And, and not you as a person or you as a character, just in your energy. It's just yeah. I'm not yeah. seeing that base chakra going, way I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to work. It's just not that. So, you know, we've got to overcome yeah. what I want yeah. and what I can do. Exactly. I mean, enth enthusiasm is, is, you know, it's essential. Um, yeah. but you, you need to be able to switch off and let spirit switch on. Um, because it's not about the medium. Mm. I don't care what anybody says, any yeah. kind of mediumship, the medium is the go-between. Yeah. They are not um, the star attraction. Um, they may have pulling power if they've got a popular name or lots of books or, or some fantastic skill or ability, um, but the work of getting spirit through to people on Earth is about spirit and the people here. It's not about the medium. The medium is yeah. essential, um, but their um, their character, their personality, their ego, their um, their wherewithal, everything about them needs to be put to one side so that spirit can do their job and get really? through. Really, yeah. In the introduction to uh, a book of Red Cloud, uh, he the guide himself describes a process over seven of our earth years of him changing his vibrations yeah. to be able to interact on the physical plane. Mm -hmm. But then there was several more years finding that medium where he could actually work through. Yeah. Now, because spirit are crafty little monkeys <laughs> at times, <laughs> you, you think you've got them and then you just throw your curveball and you go, all oh, right, okay, fair enough. Yeah. It's not only has that medium got the basic ability, that psychic ability, that energy field, whatever you want to term it, mm -hmm. it's also will they present that dedication? Will they, Are they of that mindset to uh, really enhance their skill? And also, once they've done gone through that process, are they going to be in that position 
to share it intelligently. Yeah. Yeah, so there's just so much going on. Yeah. There are so as as other mediums will tell you, it's it's there are so many variables. You know? Yeah. There are so yeah. many um issues um or, or, or um parts of the puzzle to get right and to put everything in the right order before it can start to work. So if, if Red Cloud's taking seven years to to learn what he needs to learn and then more years before he can align himself with the medium. Yeah. It's, it's going to take years. So yeah. anybody that comes along and says, oh, well, I'm a physical medium or I'm a medium. And oh, you're right. okay. Um, I did a couple of classes. I did a, a, a couple of workshops at some fancy place and paid X number of pounds, dollars, whatever. Yeah. Well, that's all very well. But what can you actually do? Having learned all this stuff and how much are you putting into it? And what are people getting out of it? Um, what difference can you make exactly. in, somebody's, in somebody's life? Really, because exactly. that's what it's about. It's it's not a frivolous thing. It's a really, I, I always take it very seriously. I mean, I have a lot of joke with people about all kinds of mediums and mediumship. Um, but it's a serious business because people's lives can be changed. Incredible. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, look, to me, and especially at this time, one of the greatest things that spiritualism offers people, and this is my philosophy my understanding is hope because god knows we need it after the last few years and what we're going through and what's to come yeah. and that hope is just so sorely needed and whether that comes through through mental mediumship from the platform through healing yeah. uh, or through that demonstration you know that surety that if you see or hear something that goes beyond your explanation you're just going do you know what this this life ain't it there exactly. is more so exactly. what can i do now yes can i uh can i bring up another subject something i mentioned earlier i was hoping you might ask me about it but um there's another aspect of uh, physical mediumship um that seems to be quite popular at the moment a lot of people seem to be talking about it and that's um airports well yes um if, if I can just have a couple of minutes just to say something please do. about that. Please do. Thank you. Um, what did I say before? Let me look at the words I, I used. Let's see. Here we go. Um, yeah. So sometimes a spirit person wants to produce a gift or a significant memento uh, for somebody. And a physical medium might be able to allow these items to appear in the room. Well, um, yes. Apports are usually something of significance. And... They're quite rare, and it's quite rare to to go into a séance or into um, a session with a medium, physical medium, and then come away with something that wasn't in the room before, that the medium didn't just pull out their pocket, you know, or out of their handbag or whatever it happens to be. Um, it could be, you know, a, a cut flower that's on a long stem that wasn't even in the room. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's a gift from the spirit world for the person in the room that's come through. The, the mediumship of, 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 the, of the medium in the room. And it's a gift that you can take away with you. Um, and it's it's special and it has a meaning. It could be the flower itself could could have some special memory attached to it. The color could be important. Um, could be the name of the flower. It could be an iris, for example. That could mean mm -hmm. something more than just there's the flower. Um, I mentioned Jean Skinner before, the transfiguration medium. She told me about some flowers that were apported. I think there were yellow roses. There were 
there was a bunch of yellow roses apported at a seance that she attended and she kept them and she kept them for years because they they dried they didn't die and she just kept them because they they had some deep meaning for her and this is the thing about apports they can be fabulous they can be amusing and funny um and i've got two or three apports here that i'd like to just show you um yes please they might be fascinating they might just be silly i don't know but i was leaving a seance room one time and i was this was back when i smoked cigarettes and i was heading out to the door to go and have a cigarette everybody else was in another room nowhere near me and something hit me on the back something was was thrown and had hit me and i heard it land on the floor and i looked i thought what on earth and it was literally just a wee piece of plastic like that just came out of nowhere and it landed on the floor and i heard it land and but it was thrown at me and i shouted to everybody else in the place i said where are you all you know where's everybody who did that because there was nobody anywhere near Mm. Uh, okay thanks a lot yeah you've made your point i need to stop smoking Uh, (laughs) that's how i saw it yeah (laughs) um i went to a a a seance with scott milligan um i think it was in aberdeen and um must be 10 years ago and there were a few apports during that demonstration um and well i say a few not too many but one one was specifically for me and it appeared in the room and landed on the carpet. And at, at the end, lights went on and everybody was putting the chairs away and this kind of thing. And this this was the airport that was meant for me. And it's literally, um, it's a coin. It's a 1977 um, Queen Elizabeth Jubilee coin, which is quite large. I think it's got a face value of about 25 pence. Um, there were other airports that day, um, that evening, but this one has a significance for me because i'm i'm of the age where um at school we were all given these and if you opened a new new bank account back then you know you were given one of these everybody was given one but i lost mine um and for this to have appeared 10 years ago at a seance meant a lot because you know there are connotations which i won't go into but it it meant something to me so it was kind of special um but the best one Bizarre, completely bizarre. Um, I'd taken part in a, a talent show, local talent show, and I was one of the Blues Brothers in this show. <laughs> um, and so I had to wear the suit, the hat, and the sunglasses, the shades. Right now, these were only a pound, like a dollar, a couple of dollars, nothing, cheap stuff. And at the end of the evening, you know, oh, we won the talent show, by the way. Oh, well done. Uh, at the end of the evening you know we all had a few drinks and we had a good time and but my sunglasses were broken so the next day i threw them away and they went in the dustbin with a load of other trash um and the the refuse was collected um and i saw them take it away and i brought the empty bin the empty dustbin background and that was the end of it that was there a day later I walked into this room, which had been empty all day, and right in the middle of the floor, in the middle of this carpet that I'm standing on, with my feet on right now, were these. And I looked and I thought, hang on, they look just like the ones I threw away. But they're not just like, they are exactly the same because they're broken in exactly the same way. 
and, <laughs> and I know I've got oh, whoa, I feel cold. Whoa, I've got cold chill at my back right now. Yeah. Ooh. But they reappeared. Now I know that I threw them away, so they shouldn't have been in the house. There was nobody else here. They weren't retrieved by somebody else and planted there for me to find. Yeah. I walked into an empty room and there they were in the middle of the carpet. So easy to spot, easy to find. Um, so I've kept them, you know, because it's it's important. But yeah. I, think, I think they were returned by somebody in spirit, specifically somebody who enjoyed the talent show and enjoyed the effort that me and the others put into it. And just, you know, it was, it was um, you know, I think it was a case of, we know you enjoyed yourself. We want you to know that we were part of it as well. And this is, yeah. you know, this is just a wee bit of something. So airports can be anything. Definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely. And very nicely brought in here, lovely Julie Caswell. <clears throat> I was just saying, over the years, she's had quite a lot of physical phenomena happen. Pennies falling from midair, following a spirit sent from room to room, etc. These have happened not sitting in circle, just out of the blue. And she's asking, how is spirit doing this without a physical medium present? These have happened with other people there, so I know I haven't imagined it. Good questions. Mm. This, this is this is it. You see, um, you just haunted, Julie. That's all it is. I'd <laughs> set up a move if I were you, love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some, some kind of poltergeist, but a nice one. Um, <laughs> yeah, a really nice one. Um, but this is it. There has to be some form of energy um, yeah. or power for these things to be transferred from one place to another. Yeah. Um, so there has to be the same kind of power or energy that is used during a physical seance or um, uh, within a physical medium for these items to be apported from one place to another, brought across uh, or brought through into the room or whatever. So even if it's in the day, you know, you could be in a cafeteria sitting there having a coffee and something falls on the table. It wasn't, you know, nobody's thrown it. There it is. What's what's this? You know, it was, a, a, I don't know, something, an item. Um, but... Um, what's that message say there? Following a spirit sent from room to room. Yes, if if spirit want you to know they're there, yeah. they're going to make it obvious. They're going to make it so that you stand up and notice. And if they they bring something through that's that's um, really obvious, you know, like an apple, like a solid item, um, or a scent, something more subtle yeah. that you can sort of notice and then not notice, and you change location you go elsewhere and it's there again you think hang on that shouldn't be there the scent yeah. of that that aftershave or that perfume or that flower you know that spirit are involved they don't they don't need the seance room to do it hmm. but it helps. We, we had a case here oh, quite a few years ago but there was one lady used to come to the church and whenever we stood talking we could get the smell of roll-up cigarettes, which was her husband in spirit. Mm -hmm. And it didn't matter where we were. No. So he would be in here, we'd be in the kitchen, be stood outside. But eggs as eggs, within two minutes of talking, you go, oh, he's here. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so prominent. It was wonderful, absolutely yeah. wonderful. Yeah. So, lovely Serena, how are you, my darling? Um... 
And she's saying, I have been experiencing physical phenomena for many years in everyday life and also partly in my healing work in terms of results. Can you tell me something about the combination of physical mediumship and healing? Hmm. I love it so much when a person could be helped. Interesting. Good, good, good question. Well, hmm. again, with mediumship, on whatever form of mediumship, if you're allowing the spirit to do what they need to do, um, the medium is allowing spirit to work through them uh, for healing. Um, it can be on various levels, you know, you put a hand on somebody's shoulder and then spirit will use you and it's healing. And that's just very simple. Yeah. But you can have a medium that goes into trance and allow spirit to work through them. And the spirit will literally take them over entirely um, so that the medium, the person, is just not present at all. And there's, there's all kinds of medical terminology comes through and medical knowledge um, from the spirit. And so basically, I would say that if you're wanting to allow spirit to work through you for healing, just let them. Don't think, yeah. don't think that you need to pigeonhole it and put it into a labeled box in any kind of way, shape or form. Just say, right, OK, what do you want me to do? And I'll do it. And you, you, you need to feel um, inspired and you need to go with the flow and use your gut instinct and, and spirit will work through you the best way they can. Yeah, and if you allow them the opportunity, indeed, indeed. Uh, I'm I'm very much a proactive one. So in that situation, I'll be saying with spirit, "Where are we going with this? What can we achieve?" And you know, just keep that discussion open. Mm -hmm. There's uh, a lovely account from I believe it's Mark who's in the room tonight about a, a trance healer working down in the West Country and was working on somebody who had to go in for an operation. By the time this person went in for the operation, they opened them up and they said, who's already operated on you? And they went, <laughs> nobody. But the, the serrations on the bone are from like Fish. a scalpel. Somebody has been in it and done this. And that was, you know, so that, Serena, is a lovely example of what may be achieved. Yeah. That was a physical, documented, yes, uh, recordable uh, event. Link, linking in what, you're, what this question is asking and what you've mm -hmm. said, Lawrence, and the subject that we're talking about, and I know time's going... Um, pretty quick if we um, run over and if it's all right with you it's no oh, problem great well that's great because um i just thought that i need to mention um a physical medium that's no longer with us um a lady called isa northage who's um pictured on this book just here oh yeah uh, yep. she's from uh she came from my my loca uh, locality nottingham and in the well in the process of her mediumship um, she had a, a church built, um, paid for by donations. People would bring, bring chairs. They would bring everything that was needed to, to construct this church. Um, but her mediumship was such that during her demonstration, she would go into a trance or lapse into a trance of some description, a deep trance where she was not involved in, in what was going on. <clears throat> and a spirit doctor named um, or known as Dr. Reynolds would materialize and he would be fully formed, arms, legs, feet, face, 
repair every detail. And he would be there to work and help um, on patients, people that came in with ailments, and he would perform surgery um, in Isis Church, in their, their uh, sanctuary, as they called it, the healing church. Um, and he would, he would help people and he would remove tumours um, and cancers and all kinds of things. So the potential for physical mediumship is, is really boundless. Um, when you tie it up with healing, if the spirit are given the opportunity to work, they'll do everything they can. If we limit them and give yeah. them five minutes of our time, then all you've got time to do is put your hand on somebody's shoulder and say, oh, we'll give you some nice healing thoughts. That's great. I'm not saying that you need to spend two hours with the patient or with somebody to give them healing. You don't. Um, but over years, if the mediumship is developed to an extent, there's so many possibilities. Indeed. And you use a lovely phrase there, if we limit them. Yes. Which is 99 times out of 100, that's exactly what's happened. Yeah. We, you know, we're tapped into an immeasurable, immense and absolutely awesome energy which doesn't know any bounds. So, <laughs> Serena, I know you really are a passionate and dedicated healer. Uh, so I, I watch with great interest, my darling, to see where you will achieve, where you will achieve, because uh, I'm sure that the possibilities are limitless. All right. Simply like that. I'll send you the invoice for the bigging up later. <laughs> <laughs> Arisha has come back and she's just saying, I believe spirit are attracted to mediums that have knowledge that they can work with easily, i.e. two mediums working on the same link will get different aspects, but both will be correct. Is this, are we talking about um, mental mediumship? I think we are. Yeah, we've got to. I think, I think we probably are. Um, yeah. there, are two, there are two schools of thought, if I can just say something about this. Yeah, please do. Lawrence, there's... Um, as a medium, that the first medium I met um, years ago, um, she would say, oh, spirit don't want me to read books. They, they, spirit don't want me to know about this and this and this. They don't want to educate me on spiritualism. Um, so that from her perspective, um, her mediumship, her messages, the information that spirit were giving her um, was totally out of her memory, out of her mind. She'd got no concept, no idea what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and yet, I've heard other people say, and, and I think I agree with this, that the more you can educate yourself and have information in your mind that spirit can pick on and use in mental mediumship, for example. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a medium that I can't think of his name at the moment. I don't know if he was a postman or something like that, but he, he used... Albert Best. It might have been Albert Best. I'm not sure if it was this. this there might be another one, but Albert Best is, is probably the best fit for this. <laughs> the best for this description in that all the names that he would have used or read um, or had to acknowledge during his work as a postie, delivering people's post mails, mail or whatever, um, Spirit would use that information that was in his subconscious, in his mind somewhere, to come up with the most unusual. Um, and rare surnames when he was giving messages out to people. So if, right. you know, whether it be something Polish or whatever it happened to be, something that you wouldn't naturally think 
would be on somebody's mind. Um, so that information was used by spirit. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. So thank you. Lovely Jamie. Good evening, Jamie. Are you back in the UK yet, Jamie? Let me know because uh, I might be after booking you. Oh. <laughs> anyway, Carl. Other than commitment and dedication, what do you physic? What do physical mediums have in common? Hmm. Good question. What do physical mediums have in common? You, know, I really don't know. <laughs> That's I the honest answer. Yeah, I'm. I'm think I can't see a, a commonality. No. There, a theme. No. They're not all vegetarians or something. No, I don't, not I don't at know. All. <laughs> not at all. I mean, me, um, mediums, healing mediums, and uh, physical mediums in the past, they've been meat eaters, they've been vegetarian, uh, they've been smokers, non smokers. Um, you know, they've had quiet lives, they've had um, busy lives. It, it varies. Um, but I know that, um, well, certainly listening to Leslie Flint when he's done lectures and been um, talking to friends and that on, on recordings I've listened to, he talks about this, this sort of special element within a physical medium uh, that the spirit can use um, and that they have an abundance of ectoplasm, which, mm. you know, is a point for discussion in itself. That could be another um, chat or another talk. You know? Oh, yeah, up for that. <laughs> but other, other mediums will talk about having some, you know, the right kind of ingredients. It's not necessarily a mental attitude because it's not a mental process. Physical mediumship is something that the medium is not involved in is only yeah. a go-between so you don't need to be educated in any special way to be a physical medium you don't need to understand the process to be a physical medium but a prime example of that is helen duncan mm -hmm. um that was of that time when if you had money you were educated if you didn't have money you were not educated that's right um, right. Helen Duncan was not educated, and I'm not being rude or anything about it, it's just a simple mm. statement right. of that time. Uh, and in fact, where she went to work, I think it was the Scottish College of Parapsychology, uh, they were charging something like four and a half guineas, which was in those days a lot of money, yep. but they would only give her something like sixpence because. They didn't want to ruin her by suddenly giving her a lot of money, which yeah. I, I just did that as in her autobiography by, I believe, her granddaughter or something. Oh, yes. um, so, <clears throat> yeah. And sometimes I do think uh, that maybe when you get somebody who's got a very structured mind, that can sometimes be a bit of a hindrance. Mm -hmm. Uh, but not all the time, because again, it's you are only that one link in the chain. It's what the rest of the chain want. I think. I, I always. Think, sorry, I, I think you're right. I agree with you. I, 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 it's just come to mind that I would say I might be wrong, but I would say at the moment that probably the best physical mediums um, have been those that haven't gone to university and college and haven't had a um, you know an in-depth education. They've gone from school to work and the family or whatever, um, and they've they've just gone straight into the mediumship um, without any special training or, or knowledge of any any particular kind, really. Yeah. 
uh, Jamie's just saying, yes, he's back in the cold again. Welcome back home, Jamie. <laughs> we put on minus seven for you specially tonight. Enjoy. <laughs> and he's just asking there, it's, it's just, it's that I've heard that they are of a certain physicality. Mm, not sure about that. I don't know exactly what that means. Uh, physicality. Sure. Well, we have male and female physical mediums. Um, yeah. We have tall and short. We have, um, you know, um, large and small. I don't really know what that what that question means. Yeah. Um, I'll be I'll be glad to to understand it a bit more to perhaps give an answer um, either tonight or another time. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I, I just say there's just one thing I wanted to say, and I'm I'm not selling a, a thing. I'm not selling anything. Right. But. <laughs> but, but sign up true. here. <laughs> I know. I just thought it was only, I think it was April, that I decided to start up um, a Facebook group uh, to talk about the different aspects of uh, spirit contact. Right? I, won't, I won't say mediumship because there are other issues um, or other aspects to it. But I started this group as a private group and we've only got about 300 people, which is a great number. Um, but I just thought after today, after this chat, that if I open the, the group up to a public group, for anybody listening um, who'd like to join, and if I open it up for, say, just the next 24 hours or so, um, it's called the Nuts and Bolts of Spirit Contact. And we have a lot of people who know what they're talking about. We have a lot of people in the group who are new and are learning, and it's a good mix of people. Um, it is. Yeah. And it can be it can be controversial, and it can be uh, amusing, and it's a serious group. But it's we we've, we've got to have a sense of humour at the same time. So we talk yeah. about all the aspects of spirit contact, and it's the nuts and bolts of spirit contact. And anybody'd like to join, I'm quite happy to open it up as a public group for a day or so. Well, save opening it up. What I can do is yeah. I can post the link to it in the comments. Okay. Uh, which I've just done, and that's gone out. So anybody wishing to join, I'm part of it, and it is interesting. Good. Uh, it, no, I'm not blowing smoke. It, it is interesting. And it's a great place as well to sort of like, if you get something in your mind, and just sort of like throw it in the group and go, what do you think of this? Because it's, I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Um, and it is also nice that you are in uh that similar mind energy and the nice thing is it is a private group so actually i probably ask some questions or make some statements in there that i wouldn't probably share publicly because of misinterpretation not because what i posting is rude or abhorrent or anything but sometimes you can post a question and it can get so misinterpreted and just cause out of nothing so yeah yeah <laughs> lots of drama i've been following your list religiously that you gave to me and you've just gone off at a tangent here mr jackson barnes thank you <laughs> materialization yes that's a good one yes um, it's also a rare one um yeah we we talked about it not very long ago when I mentioned um, this medium, Arsa Northage, um, and her spirit doctor that would materialise. But also at um, 
ISIS church, there were occasions where um, she'd have a small group of people and there'd be a materialized child. And that child wouldn't necessarily be um, inclined to just stay by the medium. This child or this materialized form would walk away from the medium who was in trance and, you know, almost unconscious, seemingly unconscious. The materialized form would walk away from the medium and move along through the congregation, through the group in the room to find the person that they were related to or connected to. And on one occasion, and it's in this book actually, um, that a child walked through the congregation and sat on her father's knee and they were reunited. Oh, and it's just, it's either too far-fetched to believe or it's so beautiful that you just stop to think about it and, and, and there are no words. Yeah. Because, because reuniting, you know, is what mediumship is all about. Um, and materializations, again, they don't have to be full form, you know, arms, legs, people. You could just have a face or you could have a hand to shake with, with um, uh, Stuart Alexander, for example, um, uh, a medium up in Hull, who um, he's been working for years, years. And his mediumship can take the form of um, a materialized hand of a guide, a spirit guide that people can, can can touch and can shake and can get to know and converse with as well because there's also the voice coming through. Um, but there's other mediums who can produce materialized forms of spirit people and it doesn't have to be ectoplasm. There's other forms of mediumship. Um, but there can be, you can interact with them, you can talk to them, you can touch mm. them, you, you can, you know, um, they're real people. You know, they are real people, and they can be solid enough to interact with um, in the right circumstances. It's yeah. phenomenal. It's phenomenal, but it's rare, very rare. It, indeed, and that that is something that needs to be emphasised as well, um, because sadly. A lot of people's impression is that I'll go and do a couple of workshops and next week I'm going to be out there doing private sittings and working on the platform. Mm -hmm. So it's been sort of like dumbed down a wee bit in general. Yeah. You know, and if you imagine then probably one in 500 people would make a semi-decent evidential medium, ones we're accustomed to seeing on the platform, yeah. then you might say that out of that one in 500 so if you've got 500 evidential mediums together only one of them may have the abilities to start going into the uh physical side of their mediumship so you're starting suddenly to see this huge uh pool of people but there's only going to be one yeah uh because again you know we do, don't we? We, I want this, I want yes. that. Yes, yeah, I, not. I would look, I would love to be a physical medium. I would love to invite people around and say, Okay, let's have a, a candle, light a candle, have some low light, and I'll bring through whoever you want to see because I'm, I'm the next best transfiguration medium. Yeah, it doesn't happen like that. You can't yeah. just switch it on. 
and switch it off and 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 um, have what you want when you want it because yeah. you might not have the right ingredients to become the kind of medium you'd like yeah. um, so it's down to it's down to your um, makeup you know what you're made of of um, if you have all the right ingredients then spirit can use you for yeah. whatever it is that um, is is most most suitable yeah and that's just what that's just one step having that right ingredient yeah. then there are the other uh steps in there um mark is just commenting here eric hatton talked about his one time alex harris seance and he saw full forms of several at one time yeah. and he described it so vividly it was wonderful to hear yeah no. it, alex harris um was uh medium from wales and he was reluctant he wasn't interested in mediumship he didn't care about mediumship at all um, mm -hmm. later in life he was convinced by family and friends that he really should sit for development um, and very very reluctantly um, he did um, but everybody was surprised by the way his mediumship developed not by the speed of it so much but by what happened and as uh, marcus said here in his message um, talking about what eric hatton um, had experienced with with other mediums as well but certainly with alec harris there would be multiple spirit forms one after another after another after another coming into the room and then going again but they might not necessarily just fade into the distance you know or off into the corner they may just literally melt into the floor and disappear yeah, and I've still be waving on their way down yeah. until there was nothing left. Now, it sounds, when you describe it in, in that kind of a way, it sounds almost frightening, almost a bit scary. <laughs> scary. You know, but yeah. if it was your beloved mother, for example, yeah. who you hadn't seen for 15 years, 20 years, five years, three months, whatever it happened to be, and there she was in the room, your first impression might be, uh, your, sorry, your first reaction might be to get it, get over there and, and, yeah. and get hold of her, give her a hug or whatever it is. Or if it's your father, give him a hand, shake his hand or whatever it happens to be. Um, but to see them, even for even for a moment, you're in shock because mm -hmm. if it's, certainly if it's not a regular uh, occurrence, you, you're you're going to be in a situation where you just don't want them to go. You don't want them to leave. If there's that love link between the materialized spirit, the person that's that's in front of you there, um, and it's your loved one, you don't want them to go. So as you see them fading, you're looking at the face, looking at the face, looking at the face, and it's disappearing, right. smaller and smaller, and it's gone. <coughs> and there's just silence until the next one comes through. And with certain mediums like Alec Harris, just phenomenal. Mm. And again, with situations like that, there's, you know, uh, here in church and i'm sure this is echoed in churches and centers across the land where people have recently uh, bereaved or even after a while of bereavement but still haven't gone through that healing process or mm. you know they would dearly love to see but you know if i know the times when i have deeply grieved people gone I'll be honest, in in those times, to see them manifested again, I'd, I'd lose them all over again, and that wouldn't be right. 
that's that's a good point. That is a very good point. As a, a friend of mine who's um, passed um, last couple of years now, she she attended quite a few physical seances, uh, physical demonstrations. Uh, physical mediumship demonstrations with a medium in Leicester, uh, a medium called Rita, Rita Gould. Um, and Gwen was the, the friend and she lost her son um, when he was below the age of 10. And she went along, there's a big story to this, but she went along to the sciences and she basically, she was reunited with her son. Her husband went along, they were both reunited with their son who died before the age of 10. And they met him on regular occasions they interacted, they laughed and joked. And these, some of these sessions were recorded um, on, on tape. Um, so there are audios out there. Um, but she, Gwen talked about the loss, the second loss, uh, when the seances came to an end, when she was unable to go to these demonstrations and be reunited and have a laugh and a joke with the little boy again, because, you know, it, it it all comes. It will come to an end at some point. So you yeah. can be thoroughly um, engrossed in the moment, and you may never have a second uh, opportunity. So that, but I think I think the potential for healing yeah. in that reuniting, in yeah. um, and I think this is probably a good point to to, to raise in the fact that the, the grief, the pain, the despair in the hearts of people who have lost loved ones. Um, when they are reunited through mediumship, whatever form of mediumship, um, the hope is returned. You mentioned hope earlier on. Um, and hopefully um, they can start to relax and see that death is not the end. Yeah. They can perhaps get on with their lives in some way until the final reuniting um, in the spirit world. Because that healing energy is the basis, in my opinion, of all our work. Mm. It is. That is about healing on one level or another. Yep. Um, you know, but we've got to be in that understanding and frame of mind to accept that. Yep. You know, um, as I say, one of the... <clears throat> How do I say that? Somebody who would love nothing more than to hear from somebody they've just lost currently. Yeah. Yeah. They're not ready. And you it's so difficult to I can't say that. Well, you're not ready yet, love. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I might be a bit brusque, but I'm not that bad. Um, but you can just see it, you know, it's not the right time for no, you because you're fine. gonna lose them all over again, and spirit wouldn't do that to you because they love you. It's, it really is that basic. Yeah, I mean, just just thinking about mental mediumship or, or mediumship in general, people yeah. often will often ask, um, "How how soon do spirit people return after death? How how yeah. quickly does somebody come back after death?" Well, it could be the same day, within the hour. It could be three months later. It could be six years later. It all yeah. depends on on the circumstances, the person that's passed away, all kinds yeah. of variables. Um, yeah. In the same physical mediumship, if you're lucky enough to find a, a physical medium um, and be able to sit in on the demonstration, and then you're lucky enough to to have somebody from spirit able to manifest in some way to communicate with you, speak or whatever, be seen, um, then 
it's I think it's to be seen as almost what you would call a miracle because it's so rare. I've said this, I've said this a few times already. Yeah, I've, I've said that from this very platform about the evidential mediumship. You know, each and every message is a tiny miracle. Never yeah. forget that. Yeah. Jamie, if you say 1% of mediums, that was a rough parallel with Drew, can do physical, it therefore suggests that there is some aptitude they have in common. Mm. So is that a physical or mental aptitude? Mm. Well, I think, like Alec Harris was talked about not very long ago, he wasn't interested, but he was convinced to start mm. developing his, uh, his mediumship. Um, so, yeah, you've got to have some kind of a mental aptitude, but also the mental attitude that, okay, we're going to give this a try. I'm going yeah. to put some time, some of my time aside for the spirit to work with me, however, <coughs> however they're going to do it. Um, again, the physical, you see, you'd, you'd be better off, I think, probably getting the specific, see, a lot of it's still unknown. You know, yeah. even the physical mediums will say, oh, we don't know. We don't, we don't know how it works, it just works. But there are a few mediums, for example, Scott Milligan, um, he often talks about the, um, the ingredients that are required to be a physical medium and how he is affected after a demonstration um, and what it takes out of you, you know, what a demonstration actually does yeah. to you in a physical yeah. sense, how you were left afterwards. You could be exhausted, you could be exhilarated, it all varies, you know, it depends on the medium. Um, but again, it's all about the ingredients and I think, I think the most important thing is having a go. But it doesn't mean everybody is going to be successful. Um, I think if you can give the spirit world time and be dedicated and be patient, you've got to have patience and then they'll work with you in however they possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, I think sometimes that, uh, as we touched on earlier, that a lot of people who come from just regular backgrounds it just shows that element of free think free thinking and you know when you approach spirit and just instead of going into spirit going right i want the you know i've got my shopping list uh i want this want that da, 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 da. <laughs> or just go and sit with spirit and maybe have that one foot on the ground a bit too heavily aspect of going well you know i don't think anything amazing is going to happen here and then suddenly things do, yeah. you know, and it is, we know what spirit are like. They're little monkeys, as I said, they will throw things. I love with your apples. I love that come out of the garbage pan. <laughs> 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 They've either got this enormous sense of humor or we are so misreading what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be, it could be that. <laughs> We're going to find out one day and go, oh, bugger. <laughs> I thought you were yeah. pulling me leg. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we think we're right and we're not. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Seriously, seriously, seriously. Um, but another aspect as well uh, that we talked touch on briefly earlier on about the, the circle conditions for physical yeah. mediumship. Yeah. I mean, again, we are seeing... Uh, we're being reminded so much at this time about what is achievable from home circles. We're not talking about going on a course. We're not talking about doing a workshop. We're not doing, we're just 
in a home circle, but the conditions for that, because uh, I think I'm quite right in saying that if you had, say, a home circle of five people uh, and you were the medium, the other four of us, we wouldn't be sat there for our development. We would sat there purely to add that energy to you to develop your mediumship. Absolutely. And you've got to have that harmony as well. Yes. In there. um, Sorry, I was just I just had a thought. Um I think (laughs) careful. (laughs) (laughs) It's only that um I think a lot of the early home circles um for the development of mediumship um were family members, groups of husband, wife, whatever, brother, sisters, whatever, um, or groups of friends, but close knit. They knew each other well enough. They didn't have um extra people coming in every other week or whatever it was. Yeah. It was usually the same few people um, who were interested in communicating with the spirit world, however they wanted to do that, however they chose to to attempt that. Um, but if if you've got people who know each other very well, um, and there are no petty issues, no jealousies, any of that, and they're all together for the same purpose, um, and there's the routine perhaps using the same space, the same room, um, mm. with the same intention. It's all about intention. Yeah. That's a word I should have perhaps used earlier. Um, but regularity as well. You need you need to be, be able to uh, show the spirit world that you can be there on time. Not that they've got watches, calendars, and all this sort of thing, but uh, to show dedication. Um, if you show up, spirit will show up. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and not having that agenda as well. I've had that uh, in, so you know, I want to be, yeah. or I want this to happen. Exactly. You know, you're just sitting for the joy. Of, you know, you don't go out to your friends in the bar and go, right, you know, you've got to tell me a few jokes as you're the funny man. You've got to yeah. but You don't do that. You go out with friends and you converse. Yes, exactly. It's an interaction. It's 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 a flow of, of information and energy in all directions, you know. And you can have exactly. the one person in the group that's developing as the medium, but then that could change. Yeah. Um, and the other people are just there to work as the battery to feed the energy or to 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 create the atmosphere. Um, and the room itself can be um, just as important. You know the space that you use. If it's purely dedicated, if if, if you're lucky enough to have a spare room or some space, um, if you dedicate it to spirit, that can be your sanctuary. That can be your spot, your place. Yeah. Um, connecting with spirit, whether you're in there by yourself or with the same regular group of friends you know, on yeah. a regular basis. Yeah, very very much. A comment there from lovely Mark. Even sitters need to be without demands, otherwise that can scupper it all too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know. Yeah. And in the listening to the uh, tapes from Leslie Flynn, mm-hmm. I not only love the voice of spirit and what is being said, but it was the sitters' uh, interaction with these spirit voices coming through. Yeah. It was like greeting old friends. That's right. You know, there was this familiarity. There was this ease of conversation. Well, there uh, were... Um, sorry. Yeah. I, just, I, I, I just thought there were... Leslie Flint was a medium that sat for 60 years. He sat with 
thousands of different people, large audiences, small regular groups, or maybe just one friend, you know, where there'd just be the two of them. Spirit would speak, they would communicate, and, and a lot of these conversations were recorded. Um, but there would be, for example, um, a married couple that would come every Wednesday to see Flint, but they would only converse with the one spirit communicator, which would be their uh, guide, their spirit guide. They would have their own home circle, and they'd come to Flint to have a, a verbal conversation with their spirit guide. Um, they'd, they'd have long philosophical discussions. Um, he would sometimes even sound as if he was given a sermon, but it was what they needed to hear. Yeah. Um, another group of sitters might come along to see Flint, and they'd be uh, family members waiting to hear from their daughter or their son who was in the spirit world. Um, and with, you know, um, with the right circumstances, they'd have that, that communication, and then they'd return and then continue the conversation on another occasion. So the voices became quite reliable. Um, Flint had lots and lots of regular sitters who would turn up on regular appointments. Um, there would be all kinds of people. There'd be um, a gentleman come in to speak to his spirit wife, for example, and he might travel miles to do so. Um, but the good thing is that the information that they gave was verifiable. Um, and Flint had been tested in all kinds of ways, is um, the ectoplasmic uh, voice box that I mentioned earlier that Flint had um, in the room that Spirit created had been photographed um, through infrared. So for me, it's, it's undoubtable. Um, some of the voices sometimes can sound a wee bit strange. Um, they they sound like they're making an effort, like it's a strain or a struggle, and sometimes it was. And then on another occasion, the voice would be powerful and strong. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, that interaction relies on so many different uh, angles. You mm. know, some days we come bouncing into the room and bring it on, and other days it's like, be quiet, don't say a bloody word otherwise. You know, so our <laughs> own. <laughs> our own uh, level of energy will have a significant effect in that. That's Multiply right. that by the sitters in the room. Mm. And you've probably got other events as well. I always find, and a few other people have verified this, that coming up for a Remembrance Sunday, it gets quite a heavy, dense energy yes, around. So that's going to have an effect on... Yes. Uh, your mediumship in whatever form that comes about. So there's so many variables there. There, are, there um, really are. Yeah, there are occasions um, in our calendar, as you say, Remembrance or Christmas or whatever it happens yeah. to be, that have it's it, those occasions have their own vibration, their own sort of feeling, and it can affect mediumship and it can affect any kind of um, situation in if if you're in dealing with the spirit world. Yeah. Carl. Yes. That was really good. I could keep going on about mediumship, physical mediumship, and talking for ages. Um, I read um, a few words out at the beginning, and I've got a few words I'd like to read out just at the just for this last minute. Please do. Also. Please do. I was going to introduce that. I hadn't forgotten. <laughs> 
<laughs> please do. <laughs> just, just, uh, thank you. It's just a few points. I thought, if I mean, I think we've covered some of this already, but um, yeah, I mean, the first line, I, we've talked about it already. Uh, physical mediumship is very rare and very precious. Um, a physical medium requires years of training and complete dedication for success. Um, but even so, results are not always guaranteed or even reliable. Um, sometimes one medium is able to facilitate more than one type of physical mediumship um, during a single session. So you might hear a spirit voice and then straight afterwards you might um, have a, a spirit materialise. And then another spirit might send through a, a, a little gift for someone all within the same session. So you know, different mediums will have different combinations of uh, mediumship. Um, but there's been great, some great many uh, physical mediums in the past and their work is still a point of fascination for a lot of people. Um, but there are not so many physical mediums in the world today and many of them like to keep their sessions private um, or by invite only, which is something we've talked about. Although there are, there are a few today that like to demonstrate to the public. Um, a physical medium is uh, very sensitive, um, more than most other mediums. Um, they need to take great care of themselves and not to allow the pressure of public interest to make them work too much or to do anything that might harm their mediumship. Yeah. Um, some physical mediums show their abilities later in life, like Alec Harris we mentioned, and some only work for a few years, like um, Jack Webber, for example. Um, uh, possibly their, their power might, might fade away through old age, um, illness, or overwork even. Um, but the results of a session with a genuine physical medium are usually unforgettable um, and unlike any other experience you could have. Um, physical mediumship sessions have always been controversial and uh, people who are desperate after bereavement have regained their will to live um, after being physically reunited with lost loved ones um, thanks to a genuine physical medium. Um, a few physical mediums that interest me from the past, um, names I've mentioned some already, but Rita Gould, uh, Leslie Flint, uh, Jean Skinner, Jack Webber, um, Isa Northage, and Estelle Roberts, we've not mentioned. Um, a few mediums from today um, who are working, uh, and that's Gordon Garforth, um, there's Scott Milligan, uh, there's Marcus Lang from Australia, and there's Stuart Alexander, and a lady named Emily Jane. And, and finally, I just want to say this, that anyone can sit for the development of physical mediumship um, but not everyone will be successful. Yeah. Yeah. You sit and let the spirit guide you, not the mind. Mm -hmm. Carl, uh, I'm so glad I kept knocking. <laughs> please come, <laughs> please come and talk to me. <laughs> well, I'm I'm pleased. I'm pleased. Um, and I'm I'm glad, you, I'm glad you asked me. And I think I think the timing must have been right. Yeah. Um, because I felt that there were things to say. And um, I hope we can perhaps do something like this again. Oh, most definitely. Most, listen, I absolutely love these evenings uh, because I, I just get some amazing people talking about their passions. Mm. Do you know what I mean? None of these evenings are a dry, sterile lecture. They, they, they get very engaging with people watching and also the guests on there and it's just amazing and i've just loved tonight there were some really good topics 
Yes. Interesting theatre. So many interesting themes. People mm -hmm. watching tonight, don't forget you can watch this on Catch Up if you need a reminder of some of the names mm -hmm. or just listen to it again. Um, I'll, I will, if you're all right with this, Carl releases as a podcast as well. Um, sure. They are invaluable because you actually listen. You know, yes. you're not having to think, oh, I've got to find an hour to sit down and watch something. You can actually just have it on, listen to it, and take it all mm -hmm. in. Wonderful comments coming in. Thank you. Lovely Jen. Thank you both for a fascinating evening. Thank you. Lovely Mark. Brilliant evening as always. Thank you, Mark. Checks in the post, mate. Uh, <laughs> his favorite topic too. Thank you both again. Phil Shaw, very enlightening. Lovely Serena, thank you for greeting it. Yeah, it just goes on and on. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, fantastic evening. La, 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 la. Oh, lovely Marion. Hello, Marion, darling. Interesting discussion. You know, and he is, it's just, you know, we didn't want the last two years to happen, but they did. And you can do one or two things. You can go and stick yourself in a dustbin and never come out again, or just go, well, do you know what? What can we make out of this? And having these evening discussions uh, is really working well because we didn't have this outside of the college or other places where well, I we could... I was say, I think, we, I think we've been forced to use technology uh, to yeah. keep in touch with people. Um, yeah. So I've avoided it really as much as possible because I really, I'm not keen on the, you know, the camera. Um, well, you've been a natural tonight. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Point taken. Thank you. <laughs> you have. You've communicated. You're at ease. Uh, and again, as I say, when we have these talks like that, it's about letting that passion go. And once we get into that energy of, you know, this is where I am because this is what I've learned so far. Yeah. And the wonderful people online asking and joining in the conversation. Some great questions as well. Really yeah. Questions. Yeah. Well done, everybody out there watching. Really uh, yeah. So well done. Uh, next week's Lyceum, as it will be the last one of 2022, uh, I'm looking to do something a little bit different, but I can't say it yet until certain people confirm. But. There will be a Lyceum next Saturday. Uh, <laughs> who's on and how it runs? Yeah, we'll go with the energy. Um, but yeah, Mark was just saying there's all been a big learning curve since COVID, but look what wonderful things have come from it. And yeah, you know, these times have just all been right. great, absolutely great. Anyway, everybody, you have a wonderful evening. Don't forget, if you're in the area and want to join us tomorrow here live in church, we've got a uh, family gathering <laughs> family gatherings uh, session on tomorrow, which is not a church service, is not a demonstration of evidential mediumship. It is community time. Uh, we have tea, coffee. Somebody's baked two lovely cakes. I'm like, take them away from me, please. Well, um, if you weren't 500 miles away, I might call, call pop in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we, we draw on our own church family to uh, give us talks. The lovely Ted, good old Ted, is going to give a little talk to us. But it's really important building up that community. So that's tomorrow. Um, 
what else have we got coming up? Oh, lots of things. So, yeah, if you're in the area, if you want to know more about Paul Church, please just Google Paul Spiritualist. Have a look at our website and you'll find a full list of everything that's going on, plus links to all our social media accounts and our podcast channel are all on there. So, everybody, have a great night. <laughs> yes, Julie, I have some lovely sausage rolls. <laughs> <laughs> The bloody cat stole one, didn't it? I've got what is that noise coming from oh, behind yeah. the curtain? I pulled the curtain back, just <laughs> sausage roll in a gob. Oh, my <laughs> Carl, if you want to say good night to everybody, you've been Thank absolutely you. pucker tonight. Thank you Enjoy so much, it. sir. All the best, and you. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>